0: This program is designed to show you how to become more than you have ever imagined through the power of truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And now, prepare for your host, Dan Duvall.
1: You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. This program is designed to center you on the kingdom of God. To equip you with faith in Jesus Christ and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program is a production of Bride Ministries and you can find us at www.bridemovement.com. And folks, guess what? You know where else you can find us? www.thefireplacechurch.org. Why? We have built it. Yes, we did. We built it. Folks, I'm so excited to introduce the Fireplace Church. We have been... Pitching this idea, this concept, this vision for, I think, nearly a year. A year ago, I just had a revelation. I said, look, guys, wouldn't it be cool if there was an e-church where you could go and not only get great teaching, worship experience, so on and so forth, but also have an opportunity for moderated internet-based discussion groups so that you are able to talk face-to-face with people from around the world about the things that excite you? See. No one was doing that a year ago. And today, still, no one's doing that. Really, when you talk about internet-based ministry, you're talking about podcasts. You're talking about YouTubes. You're talking about live streams. It's all being done. But I have yet to find another person that's gone out there and built a platform where people are able to engage in face-to-face discussion in small groups over the internet as part of a ministry service. I... To this point, I'm convinced that we are the first of our kind. And so I began to pitch this idea like a year ago. I said, folks, I, I really would like to see this built. And then at the end of February, God said, April 1st is your deadline, Daniel. And I I was like, oh, man. And we kicked into high gear. And when we kicked into high gear, we, we pulled together a team of people. We began to create a plan and execute, have meetings and uh, forecast our plan to you i'm saying these are our deadlines we're going to have a prototype service up by april 1st and we are going to build this platform and you know what folks we're going to do it debt free i i said that i said we are going to do this debt free does god need to take out a loan no then why should i and so w- with that foundation we, we just went for it and you know what we built it we had our first beta test slash prototype service march 31st actually it wasn't even april 1st I we were a day ahead of schedule And since then, we had several more beta tests. Friday night, April 15th, we had our official public launch, which went very smoothly, by the way. And all of you that joined us for that, thanks for hanging out with us. We had a great time. Now, every Friday night at 7 p.m. CST, Central Standard Time American, you'll be able to go to www.thefireplacechurch.org and hang out with us. You'll be able to watch the live service. And after that, you click a button. Simple button it's not complicated to do this thing because we've built the platform to accommodate a smooth transition between the church service and the moderated internet-based discussion groups and you'll be able to dialogue with people from around the world in your group and you can do that this friday or next friday or any friday because we are going to be running weekly services from here on into the future And there is no projected end date. This is not a small thing. We've invested over $20,000. And you know what? we invested over $20,000 debt-free dollars. Praise the Lord. And I want to thank all of you that jumped on board with us to let us do this. Because I said at the beginning, I I said, you know, we are going to do this debt-free. I do not have any intention of putting a ministry in debt to launch a project that is kingdom work. And I believed God. I just put my faith out there. I believed God. And God responded. He, he responded through you. You guys stepped up. You gave. And we marveled at how you gave <laughs> and supported us in this project to the extent that we're writing this ticket debt-free. The ministry is debt-free. Not only are we debt-free, we didn't have to cut budget on anything. All the survivors that were helping, we didn't cut any of them. They all continued to receive help, and we paid for that help through the process of investing thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of dollars into this e-church platform. God paid the bill. His name is Jehovah Jireh, right? And the Bible says He is able to make all grace abound towards us, that so we having all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. You know, I just happen to believe the word, and God seems to believe His word too. And when that comes together, when man and God agree. God moves. It's, it's quite amazing to see what happens as we walk by faith and not by sight. And so I just want to encourage those of you out there. First of all, if you gave, thank you. I believe that God is going to return blessings to you. And for those of you that are believing God to move because you're going to hold him at his word, I will tell you his word works. He stands by it. He stands by his word. Now, I also want to say this we have a lot of other agendas that are still running in the background we are finding help for those that have dissociative identity disorder because of satanic ritual abuse and mind control projects folks we're adding coaches we are looking to move into phase two of our plan when we can i i'm thinking this year possibly uh if I can keep moving at the pace I'm moving at, if not, we, we might you know wait until next year or whatever. But we, the plans are being laid to create a DID coaching school that will help us to graduate people with, with an understanding and a framework that will allow them to help those that have dissociative identity disorder and hopefully uh, lead to a, a large enough population of people that are equipped to help that we can begin to build the facilities that we want to build to help survivors that cannot heal in their situations um, and to ultimately... F- multiply these facilities around the world uh, we w- we want to do global training and so what better platform to use than the worldwide web <laughs> and so the entire school is going to be online that that's the plan anyway and will you ever have a local branch or chapter of any of these projects that you're working on daniel absolutely of course that's also all in the works but for, for now, we're just trying to catch a, as large a net as we can. And we have major solutions we are unpacking for survivors to help those that are hurting, um, whom the Lord uh, cries and weeps over. And so that's all running in the background. What else is running in the background? Yeah, we still have plans for a media studio, folks. I mean... Goodness gracious. Right now, the eChurch has come front and center and getting that project has really absorbed most of my time that I don't have as well as all the time I do have in addition to everything else I'm doing. But uh, as that gets streamlined and we get it all working the way it needs to, that'll open up more time to work on other major projects like the Media Studio, like the DID Coaching School, like... Possibly other books I want to write, such as Deliverance from Mind Control and The Kingdom. And so all of that's working. We are now in our first week of Bride Discipleship. Again, we're, we're back in it, folks. We are back in it. We opened up more seats for the Spiritual Warfare class. Praise the Lord. I, we have the largest class to date. I, I, I couldn't believe how fast that class sold out. And then we had more people just saying, I'm going to wait until the next round because I really want that class. We just opened up more seats. And we had a great time on Monday. The other three classes, the kingdom, in Christ, and grace, it, it, it's, they're just bearing such great fruit. Folks, if you have not signed up for a discipleship course through Bride Ministries, I can't recommend more that you do. They, they, We have just gotten so many testimonies on this material. People's lives changed, revolutionized people, getting equipped. If you want to be one of them, just reach out through bridemovement.com. Send us an email. Nikki, my wonderful, wonderful secretary will get back to you. Just let her know. I want to be on a waiting list for this bride discipleship. You'll be on it and you can join us in the next round. And for those of you that are in on this round, get ready because you are going to learn a lot. It's exciting. Folks, today you are gonna learn a lot. We're gonna get back into it with Dr. Rob Ruckert, one of our DID coaches through Bride Ministries. He's also the founder of Breakthrough Ministries. And like myself, he's worked and working with presently a number of survivors. However, he has also himself overcome satanic ritual abuse. And my oh my, we are really going to go deep today. So you It will probably make you uncomfortable. Some of you will have jaws on the floor and it will probably make all the religious people very upset. So it will be another very successful episode of Discovering the Truth with Dandoval. Praise the Lord. We'll be right back. today on Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall, we're getting into it again with my guest, Dr. Rob Ruckert. And Dr. Ruckert has been on the program a number of times at this point. He's done a few shows with me on the human spirit. We, we've talked about what the human spirit is and how, how ministry to the human spirit is successfully done. We've also had him on twice to share elements of his story, how he overcame satanic ritual abuse. And Rob has a radical story, folks. And if you have not heard his testimony on how he overcame satanic ritual abuse, you need to go back, find that in our archives and listen, because you will be amazed at at, at the depth of what he has overcome and what it means. And so he's back today, and we're going to be getting into it on some other subjects uh, regarding a general discussion on ministry to people that have been through various types of trauma. Uh, we're going to be talking about ministry in the womb. We're going to be talking, or not in the womb, but to traumas that were induced while a person was in the the womb, and we'll be spanning out into other subjects as well you know i'm really excited rob welcome back to discovering the truth with dan Duvall.
2: thanks daniel it's great to be back for another round and looking forward to to what the holy spirit is going to bring up today
1: oh man you know rob our private conversations are pretty off the wall man i, I You know, I I say we could probably just record those and just make that my weekly podcast because, wow, like, with everything that we are dealing with, uh, helping survivors, even you and your own personal story and what you've learned and have overcome and are overcoming, there is so much to talk about that really, it's just never even been explored. No one wants to touch it with a 10-foot pole. Uh, We're knee-deep in it. (laughs) It's just profound But you know brother I really love and respect you And your ministry Um, By the way folks Rob is one of our DID coaches At Bride Ministries Now Rob this week I wanted to pick up On some subjects That we had uh, You know Touched on Maybe um, Brought up in passing In other programs We've done Uh, One of those being Things that occur To a child in the womb Now A lot of people are unaware that they can be presently, as an adult, walking in bondage due to traumas that they incurred in the womb. Some of those simply come as word curses spoken over them, uh, rejection, and some of them are physical traumas. I mean, and it's profound. This is a very important conversation to have. But I want to begin by asking you how you first learned about traumas in the womb.
2: Actually, the very first teaching I received on that was when I went to the Elijah House three-week school. For those who don't know, Elijah House was founded by John and Paula Sanford, and it really was a a trailblazing ministry to open up the the body of Christ to the ministry of inner healing and deliverance. But anyway, he had a teaching on prenatal healing. And in that teaching, he he gave scriptural support and examples through his own counseling and and other examples of those who experienced trauma in the womb, who experienced through Jesus meeting them in that place healing. So that was really my, my first taste of that Where we see that, you know, just clearly look at the example of John the Baptist and his reaction in the womb of his mother Elizabeth when Mary came over to spend time and Jesus was in the womb. All of a sudden, John the Baptist, his spirit connected with Jesus' spirit and leapt for joy, it says. So we know You know, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most people will think along the lines of medical thinking that you really can't have any memories before the age of two because, and the technical stuff, all the myelin sheaths and the neurons and connecting all that needs to be developed and isn't fully developed until two years old. But the fact is that I've experienced and, and many others have experienced memories before the age of two in the womb and even going back preconception. That means that's not the soul, because, again, the soul is not developed enough to have memories until two years old, but that's got to be the spirit, which also has memory, emotion, and will. And so, John the Baptist here, he's. He's reacting with joy. We see emotion there. We see his will engaged, that he has a sense of his some kind of connection already at that age. And and so we can see that in the womb, there can be trauma, like you shared. It could be word curses spoken, it, everything from that, like, especially those who say, well, I... Who are thinking about and talking about abortion? Their mother, their father, family members. I've I've dealt with this with many people, where that, those words that were spoken over them, and even the intentions, led to their spirit making agreements and decisions because of that trauma. And some of them can just be, "Well, I wish I, I wish I was dead. I wish I want to be able to escape from the body. I." I wish I had other parents. There's a whole host of responses and reactions that the spirit can make which can put the spirit at that age in a place of captivity and block their spirit from connecting with God and others. It's just a whole realm of, of working with people, which is really key because if you can get healing In the deepest places, the earliest times of a person's life, uh, those root traumas and root issues, if they're healed, then the healing can flow forward from that time of preconception, conception, womb, birth, forward. So I find that to be a very critical area of ministry that can be neglected by people who only work with the
1: soul and not the spirit. So you are suggesting, Rob, that the human spirit has memory in areas of life where the soul cannot have memory yet.
2: Yes. Wow. The, again, the spirit has cognition. Mm -hmm. The spirit has will. The spirit has emotion. Think about a person who goes through a near-death experience. They, Their soul, and by the way, the soul needs the brain in order to be able to function and express itself. Without the brain, whether it's under anesthesia or near-death experience or being in a coma, the soul cannot express itself without the brain. The spirit can, though. The spirit can use the brain, but the spirit doesn't need it So therefore, in a near-death experience, the common thing is that the spirit comes out of the person, kind of goes up to the corner of the room, looks back back down at the body, and there's all these doctors and people frantically trying to (laughs) work on the person. And, And then there can be an experience where that person is brought into heaven and may meet Jesus Christ or a family member. And certainly they have the feeling of emotion, the joy of just of feeling unconditional, incredible, infinite love on a scale they never felt before. They have will, because oftentimes they say, well, the Spirit says, yeah, I want to stay. I want to go to the heavenly city. I don't want to go back. But, but that person or Jesus Christ himself says, you know, it's not your time yet you need to go back and after a while of kind of I guess wrestling with that question you know they end up deciding to go back so the spirit has will and when the spirit is back in the body and the person comes awake again I they have cognition they have memory of the experience which I guess is shared with the soul at that point but I believe there are things that our spirit does, and I know you've experienced (laughs) that, where our spirit does things in the heavenly realms that our soul isn't even cognizant of. Now, what do we make of that? Is that our spirit is transdimensional, it's here in this 3D realm, but it's also in heavenly places, and some of that, our spirit is willing to share with our soul some of it our soul isn't ready and our soul may not even know about it the same thing related to our history before the age of two the soul may not have any memory of that but the spirit does and when we connect with that we can we can then deal with those issues at that time of life
1: you know rob that's so key because a question that comes to a person's mind immediately is what you've just addressed you're, let not say this, like, okay, you're telling me that I'm experiencing rejection from the womb or that things were spoken over my life or done to me while I was not even born yet. How could I ever know what happened back there if my brain wasn't able to functionally uh, contain memories in that stage of development. And, you know, really, you're answering the question by saying, well, the spirit doesn't need the brain, though. The spirit does not need the physical brain to have its memory banks (laughs) engaged in what's actually happening. And that is a part of us that the Holy Spirit works with in order to bring the truth forward. And um, I'll tell you what, I agree 100%, Rob. This is a critical area of ministry that many people are 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 suffering from a lack of, because they've never gone back, they've never received the necessary deliverance from whatever was done while they were in the womb, whether it's just word curses or rejection or whatever, or physical traumas and torture, to break free in the areas of their adult life that are held captive by that. So I want to then go to this question. Can you briefly go over some of the traumas you discovered about your time? in the womb? Yeah. Well, one
2: that is very, very actually fairly recent that I connected with because my original self which I believe to be the core of me before any splits took place I was disconnected from it. And so uh, there was a very strong sense that we were supposed to go to the time of conception. And I didn't know this, but my spirit was able to remember that I was at a satanic ritual when I was conceived. In other words, my parents conceived me at a ritual. Wow. And so, but here is the thing that, that we got. At the time, when my father was, was just about to climax, they electric shocked him. In other words, they produced, even my entering, my spirit entering into the womb, becoming a human being with a spirit, soul, body, just a little cell, but still that cell which multiplied in others at its first experience with the physical world was trauma. And so a part of my original self basically said I don't want to be in this body. I've got to get out of the body. Whatever it means. And so there was some kind of agreement that was made in the spirit and part of my original self ended up in I could see the flames where it was in hell and being tormented and so we needed to rescue that part of my original self and bring bring him back into the body back into time and have the Lord heal the trauma of that experience and so on but that's an example of how even at conception, and it could be your original self, it could be your spirit, but there can be actual choices made based on the trauma that can put your spirit, a part of your spirit, part of your original self, whatever, into a place of captivity. Because, and I find this. Let me let me share with you a common thread that I see among just about everybody I work with. Either during that time of being at the Father's hand in heaven, the Spirit originally created, not knowing evil, knowing only love. From that point to the time of conception, and with some people in the womb, there are... Let me just give you an example, another example of somebody I worked with. She, we went back to the time of the Father's hand, but she then, her spirit got part of the way to earth and then wanted to reverse course and get back, go back to heaven. And what I saw was I saw this huge river and it was, it was like a polluted river. And what that river was, was a, Stream of all the generational junk in that Ooh. person's history. I mean, the iniquities, the all the different curses and issues. It was like really loaded up, and so their spirits said, "I don't want, I don't want to be defiled. I, this feels really, really crappy. I, this is overwhelming to me. I want, I don't want to be born. I want to go back to God." problem is we can't just go back to god uh, when our destination is already in motion and so therefore many times our spirit or a part of our spirit is tricked by the enemy and an agreement is made whether you know not necessarily even verbally it's it's something that there's an agreement that that is made that's that opens the door that choice to say i don't want to be born i wish i never existed etc etc i don't want to be born to this family all of these things can lead to a decision that that decision opens the door for the enemy then to trick somebody and then that person instead of actually being back in heaven with god the father is in some evil dimensional place, all sorts of different kinds and types and uh, etc. But in a place of captivity that we have to rescue that part. And that can happen again preconception because they sense all the generational junk or they may sense even the mother and the father not wanting them as they come towards that or in the womb as well, there can be a lot of taking the spirit or parts of the spirit into captivity because of feelings of rejection, unwantedness, uh, rituals, the potential abortions, all these issues. I find that to be a common theme. Just about everybody who is DID, SRADID, or traumatized that I work with, they, they all say, <laughs> I wish I was dead, wish I was never born, wish I never existed. Some kind of different take on that that common belief and choice.
1: Rob, what you are saying is so fascinating. But the truth is, I have run into some of the weirdest stuff when I've gotten into this conversation with those that I am working with and helping on, okay, what happened in the womb or preconception? These questions really the Holy Spirit honors them, Rob, because he is a spirit of truth. And the Holy Spirit is very invested in people knowing every point of bondage that the devil has implicated them in so that they can be free in Christ Jesus. And so with that, there is a great confidence that you can engage this type of ministry with. And as I have taken people through this, I've gotten some really strange stuff. I remember one time, I said, "Okay, Holy Spirit, uh, please show this person where they were immediately before conception." And the next thing they know, you know, I mean, practically, they're just sitting there and and they just close their eyes and in and listen for the spirit of God and their own spirit. And the next thing they know, they're in a glass. And it's like they're looking out of a glass, like, I'm in a glass. And then they realize that that glass is in a laboratory. It's actually a syringe. Wow. They are in the syringe. Now, all their life, they were told they were a natural birth. That natural conception, just two people being married baby ah uh, but they were a survivor well they were lied to they were a test tube baby designer baby and the memory of that begins when they are dropped not into a womb but into a test tube crazy yeah, that you can true, have true. a okay. memory come back of being in a syringe. Uh, but it happened, Rob. It happened. Now, you shared before that you had your own experience coming in. Uh, and actually, I'm going to let you just rehash that because you did share that on one of our other programs, but this was not foreign to you. You you, you did have um, knowledge of this as well. That you, not, not only what you just shared, which is so, I mean... I'm really sorry that that's what happened with your parents but even before then on your way in there was some conflict that occurred that you were able to retrieve
2: yeah on the way to heaven I was going down this what was like a big slide hmm. remember the game shoots and ladders <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun I, I was all excited and everything and I and I had a special sword that was giving to me by the lord to be used and anyway on on that on the way here i was assaulted by forces of darkness and my spirit was abused and my sword was taken so i remember daniel and i we we got that sword back you know it, it had my i remember it had my name on it and i believe it was I'm trying to remember all the specifics to it because sometimes all my, even my stuff kind of merges into all everybody's stuff, but it's, but it was engraved with, with gold. I remember. And so on my way here, I, you know, there was just already, there was an assault by the forces of darkness already. I was coming into an experience of spiritual warfare that I was not or at least I felt like I wasn't ready for and got blindsided so that was I yeah, I lost my sword on the way other people have lost other things people have lost their and we can get into this later their, their their seat of dominion and it's the enemy when he has generational ground he won't even wait till conception he, he will try to capture the person's spirit or a part of their spirit at least and anything that may have been a part of their calling and the weapons of that calling Uh, i've just seen that time and time again and it's you know he's he doesn't mess around and and unless you knew unless you were able to with your spirit connect back there you you would never know that that this happened and and how it is affecting your life and your destiny and even future generations.
1: Now, it's really interesting that you... Oh, man. And and, and this conversation, Rob, is turning into one of our dialogues here, but that's really great because people, they need to know this cool. stuff. You know, I know that many people that listen to this program, and you and myself, are very familiar with the passage in Ephesians 6. It says, "We're to take up You know, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth. We should have our feet shy with the preparation of the gospel of peace, taking up the shield of faith to quench every fiery dart of the wicked one and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And the idea is that God has given believers spiritual armor, and realistically, our spirits are allocated armor. But Rob, you are not the only one. I can't tell you how many times as I've engaged in this kind of ministry where i Call forth a person's spirit. And I will say, so-and-so's spirit, where is your armor? And they will pause, and they will say something like, I don't know. Or, it's being guarded. Or, it was taken from me. And these are Christians that have read Ephesians chapter 6. They've actually read it. Right. They've prayed it, but their spirit has not been endowed with, for whatever reason, their sword or whatever other armor that they're supposed to be wearing. It's really, really interesting. Now here's another one that really, really rocked my world. And this was confirmed in so many ways because I had a number of people afterwards have visions in the spirit and and see that this was actually true. Uh, When I uh, began this journey and walking with God and everything, I I mean, I've had a sword of the spirit. And when I pray and do all these things or whatever, I had this sword, and it was like a sword in the spirit. It was a sword of the spirit. It was functional. It worked. There was a day, though, And it really wasn't that long ago. It was a number of months ago where I was in deep prayer, Rob. And as I was in deep prayer, I found myself in the throne room of God. Like I was just there and I'm in prayer and this a supreme glory comes over me. And I'm just like all washed up in this just uh, spectacular experience with the presence of the Mm Lord. And... And uh, there I am, and I'm like, oh wow, this is just really, really, really intense. And the next thing I know, it's like God is giving me a sword, and He's saying, it's some something to the effect of, you know, oh, I'm I'm giving you your sword back. And the sword that I got was. Really really amazing and big and powerful and different than the one I had been using for whatever thirty years of my life that I had and i I've seen since that date an uptick in the power that I walk in with jesus uh, the the impact of my prayers almost jumped to a whole other. Echelon of effectiveness, and it kind of dates back to this day where I had this encounter with God, and it's um, it really expands on the whole conversation of what does it mean to be spiritually equipped, to have spiritual weapons from God, and um, (laughs) to to have spiritual armor that's being effective just had to share that <laughs> yeah well we certainly need a,
2: we know we need our armor and we you know it
1: and if we're armorless <laughs> i mean well let me ask you this rob I, I, how many other people have you worked with where their armor was not present on their spirit when you got started probably most of the people I've worked with. Wow. At
2: least would would have a a measure of their armor not there.
1: You know, folks, it's just... Go ahead, Rob. No, go it's, ahead. <laughs> it's really something to think about. Sometimes when we walk out Christianity, we, we just take... Th- things for granted. We uh, will make an assumption and say, well, since I read this passage of Scripture, this just must be there the way it's supposed to be. And the reality is that it's not. Some things have to be walked out with the Spirit of the Lord in order to be effectively aligned in our lives. And this is why Christianity was never intended to be engaged as a philosophy or a belief system only. It is an engagement of relationship with the true and living God, with his Holy Spirit. And it is a continual encounter with the spirit realm. God is a spiritual God. And the problem, Rob, is that American Christianity has attempted to reduce the gospel of Jesus Christ to something very intellectual and practical. You get saved, you get your ticket to heaven, and you do your best. When God's like, I am a spiritual God, those that worship me must do so in spirit and in truth. I have a spiritual kingdom, and I am equipping people to do spiritual warfare. You, you, you can't reduce that to intellectualism, Rob. No, and... Being a Christian
2: and becoming strong in our faith is a lot more than just head knowledge, knowing the Bible more and more. And if we somehow read our Bible and we go to church on Sunday and pray our prayer list, that that that, that is going to... That in itself is going to enable us to be overcomers over the kingdom of darkness. We really, at least much of the church is Mm -hmm. focused on developing a stronger soul, our head knowledge, our doing things that will help our character not doing this doing that but our there's very little ministry intentionally towards our spirit where our spirit is addressed and is able to become the mighty warrior that God created it to be I, I remember one person with, when I, the first time I started with her I just and I just asked her spirit to to just listen to me and I got a vision and her spirit was in a room, dark room in a corner curled up in a little ball and with her eyes closed. And I gave this picture to her and she said, that's the way I used to walk around as a a child. And I used to walk with my head down and all slumped over that and many times our our soul mirrors what's in our spirit the the brokenness the fractures and so her soul was mirroring what was in her spirit and so we needed to start to deal with that I just spoke to her first of all just to be able to look up and we had Jesus come But not too close, because that would be intimidating. But just his light, the light of the Holy Spirit to come. And she was able to, to look up. And eventually, next time, we got her to be able to stand up. And But her head was still kind of in that downward posture of her spirit, I could see. And the next step was, we brought Jesus and said, Are you willing to walk towards Jesus? So... Here we had a spirit that was broken, wounded, emaciated, weak, exhausted and fearful, and we had it go step by step just to get that connection with God and the spirit into a posture of being able to look up, stand up, have her, have her arms open to God. And then eventually, I worked with the different portions. And as we were able to strengthen them, then she was able to engage, not only the Lord, but engage in warfare against the enemy. But if your spirit is crumpled up in a little ball, uh, face down, eyes shut, weak, hmm. how's your spirit going to fight? You know, your soul is going to take the job that was meant for your spirit. So many people are fighting the best they can with their soul they're trying to fight these battles the when it was meant for the human spirit to do that but their human spirit can't because it's so shut down or or locked down that it's rend in, rendered incapable of doing that
1: rob that is a hundred percent correct it's just amazing how much more complete the conversation on how god designed things to work becomes when you include a revelation of the human spirit and a, and, a, and a revelation and an explanation in context of the actual mechanics of how it works. And I, I'm just going to add to what you're saying here because here's one thing I've been testing out. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I, I work with people who have been broken and shattered in various ways and I'll engage their spirits, minister their spirits. Um, then I began to do this thing where I would engage my own spirit Then I really learned what it was like to (laughs) get my butt kicked. And then I began to just, you know, sometimes I'll just engage people's spirits. Even though I know they're not totally traumatized and fractured and broken. Just call them out. And it's funny to see the kind of responses I'll get when I do that. Because the the spirit will come out and rat the person out. It's amazing. This will come out and say, they're not listening to me. (laughs) They're... they're (laughs) Because the spirit wars with the flesh, Rob. And Christians, we're so out of alignment because we're told in Western philosophy that everything that's important is sitting there in the natural and can be measured, which excludes the human spirit, which I think has lent itself to the reason why in this country, witches are scoffing at the Christians because they're like, they so don't get it they have this god and they're so weak and so feeble and they're trying to intellectualize their way through religion while we're kicking their butts with these curses and they're using low level demons to do it i mean rob something's got to shift
2: yeah <laughs> it's we got to we got to wake up we got to we have everything we need to overcome the enemy the gates of hell will not prevail against us it's there everything for life and godliness has been placed in our spirit but it, first of all we've got to connect with our spirit yes and Second of all, then we need to connect with God's spirit then we then we have to begin to unpack what God has placed there so we can we can overcome the, the enemy with with spiritual weapons because it's a spiritual war and how can we do this just by learn just just through having more and more head knowledge we we will not be able to accomplish the kingdom agenda just by i mean the Pharaoh, remember the pharisees they the about they know it better than probably 99.99% of uh, christians but jesus said you know you know the scriptures but But you know what? You don't don't get it at all. You don't have any clue about what the Father is like in heaven. You don't have any clue about kingdom dynamics. And you don't even have a clue that that I, the Messiah, am here in your midst. You know the scripture and you don't get it. You missed it.
1: So, Rob, now I'm going to ask you to... Uh, Give a brief commentary here. I love this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 because it outlines the distinction between the natural man and the spiritual man, the Spirit of God. Matter of fact, it says uh, in verse 13, these things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual." But the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness to him nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned but he who is spiritual judges all things yet he himself is rightly judged by no one
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wow there's a lot a lot to unpack just in that that paragraph
1: I see you smiling over there like, how long do I want to talk? Yeah. But but, I mean, Rob, let's be real here. We have been trained as a church to not be spiritual. Anything but spiritual. Because you know what? We had to surrender spirituality to the New Agers. That's what we have to do in America. Surrender spirituality to New Agers. Why? Because we're dumb. That's why. And so... He who is spiritual judges all things. But you intellectual Christians, don't judge me and don't judge anything because you're judgmental and you guys are dumb. And, and so, like, we, we, we get to be put in this intellectual box, put off in a corner, and then, you know, we're told you, you're not even allowed to judge anybody. But really, the soul was never meant to do the judging that the Spirit of the Lord is involved with. That was allocated to the spirit man.
2: Well, it's not just stupidity. Oh, man. A big reason for it is fear, because anything that may smack of the new age is immediately rejected and, you know, declared as heresy. And, And so, and this is there's such a fear around it. But the fact is that the enemy, Lucifer. Satan has not created anything. He only imitates and counterfeits everything that that God has done and is doing. And so therefore a lot of things like you said with the new age that they have they have stolen what is really our inheritance as children of the kingdom of God. It, and they're using the the same principles but their source is different they they are in tune with the spiritual realm but they're but that's in the second heaven where they're connected to the realm of darkness for their revelation power wisdom and and whatever agendas they are trying to accomplish it's just it's just the the, the wrong source but the fact is that you know, they only can have the imitation because we have the real thing, and it's fear. People are just so afraid that we might cross the line into the the occult or the new age, and there is a line, we, it, and it is dangerous to cross. But I believe, as we mature spiritually, we will be able to navigate that territory. Of course, you need a good knowledge of the of the Word of God in the Bible. That's foundational. And some of these things, it, it may not be good for a baby or young Christian to go into as far as, but we're, we're supposed to go beyond that, beyond the milk, into the meat, and get into the things of the spirit, which can only be discerned by the human spirit. The mind, the spirit has a mind, but the mind of the soul, the brain, can't understand or comprehend these things they can only be grasped by the spirit and so therefore i mean paul just says it pretty clearly you know the things of the of the spirit can only be grasped by the spirit the natural man cannot understand it because the natural man will only uh, understand the world based on the five sentence uh, f- our five senses This 3D world, what we can see, touch, feel,
1: smell, and taste. Now, Rob, you mentioned Seed of Dominion earlier. And interestingly enough, on this subject, this is one of those things where you really do run into a very literal uh, interpretation of this passage where there's certain things only the Spirit understands. Uh, because the soul does not sit in the seat of dominion, the spirit doesn't, and seats of dominion can be very interesting, complex even. Uh, b- break open this conversation, though. Well, I mean, well, First of all, how do you know about this? How did you learn about it? What is it, and what does it mean?
2: I first learned about the seat of dominion from Arthur Burke, who I mentioned before, Sapphire Leadership Group, who... Really introduced me to the this whole area of ministering to the spirit and the redemptive gifts, and he, basically he he was saying there is literally a seat of dominion you could call it a seat of authority an internal throne, which and people would say well how can your spirit see sit on that you. It's Jesus Christ who's the ruler. Well, the fact is that, yes, Jesus Christ is the ruler, but we are called as overcomers. There's a promise in Revelation that we we can sit on his throne. I believe that there is literal seats of dominion within our spirit because the Holy Spirit is there. And therefore, this whole idea of an internal tabernacle is within us. And I mentioned it before, articles of the furniture. I've seen that in the different portions of the Spirit. But the seat of dominion would mirror the very throne of God, except this is not the throne in the third heaven, but in the, Holy, in the Spirit through the Holy Spirit. And I, I believe that we are our spirits are meant to sit on that throne with jesus christ under his authority and to rule and to reign over our souls over our bodies and over the dominion or the realm that he's given us and we'll get into that a little later the fact is though well let me back up a second and so arthur shared that it was located the seat of dominion right behind the center of the forehead in the prefrontal cortex in the brain it's very interesting that that's a very key area where in occult circles they call that the third eye you know that can be opened of course to the spiritual realm of darkness that is the same place where the mark of antichrist will be placed that on the on the forehead of our brain that is the place where Goliath was slain by David with and goliath of course was a hybrid nephilim by david with the stone and so we see this is a very strategic place that and somehow the spirit the seat of dominion is meant to be plugged in to that part of the brain and when the spirit sits on it it's like putting the plug in and and being amped up if your spirit is not there or your seat of dominion has been stolen, or wrecked, or whatever, then the level of authority and dominion that your spirit is able to operate in becomes limited, just like not having your uh, electricity plugged in, you know, it it needs to be plugged in, and so I've seen people that, that I work with, all sorts of things, everything from their seat of dominion being stolen, to a counterfeit seat of dominion being inserted, and we had to get, remove move that and get the real one, to one being completely split in half. Other times their seat of dominion is there, but there is an evil cosmic being right there that needs to be dealt with, and, and so we have to deal with the, the reasons for, why that evil cosmic being any covenants that were made to it so it's not always easy you always got to ask the question to the spirit why are you not in the seat of dominion you know and any person who has been DID SRA DID through extended trauma I've never seen their spirit just altogether in the seat of dominion it, it, there's always something wrong that we have to do and we we need to either get it back get it restored or whatever and then that's number one number two we have to work with the spirit itself to get the spirit ready so that it can operate in authority and dominion that spirit of the woman that i saw who was all she she couldn't even lift her head no less sit on a seat of dominion. So you have to build the spirit up. You need to go through. I go through all seven portions of the spirit. Again, for those who did not hear my previous teaching on this, your spirit reflects God. And God is, his sevenfold nature is reflected in the seven redemptive gifts of prophet, servant, teacher, exhorter, giver, ruler, and mercy. With each individual, one is dominant. My dominant redemptive gift is mercy, but all seven portions of the spirit are there, which reflect the nature of God in its sevenfold, sevenfold facets. I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. Say.
2: Mm-hmm. And so you have to. So I, I, some of the portions of the spirit are present, but they're really some of them are exhausted. They're weary. Some of them are just really broken and traumatized. Others are in a place of captivity, a dimensional place. They've been stolen by the enemy. So you got to go through all the work of delivering, healing, cleansing, restoring the seven portions. And once that happens and the time is right, I can enter into my priestly role and, and ask Jesus, is now the time for their human spirit to sit on the seat of dominion and when that happens everybody's experience is different you know one woman who felt like she entered a realm and when her spirit came on the seat of dominion it was like she said she felt like nothing was was impossible all possibilities existed there was a sense of of a limitlessness in terms of what God could do in and through her. And so it, the experience is very, very powerful. Of course, the, the spirit has to grow in, in how to operate in authority and dominion under the authority of Jesus Christ. But that starting point can be really powerful and, and life-changing. Because from that point on, then your spirit is fully amped up, plugged in, and has the potential to fulfill its full purpose and destiny. Until that point, there's going to be limitations. It's like driving a car when not all the cylinders are are in operation. There, you 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 are now plugged in, and you have all the different. Cylinders firing, and you can begin to then grow in dominion and authority through your spirit.
1: Now, Rob, um, you had your own personal journey of getting into your seat of dominion. And when you finally got in the seat of dominion, you, you, you noticed that there were some, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I think you described them as buttons. Uh, why don't you tell us about that journey as much as you want to? And uh, then we'll kind of platform that into some other discussion. So recovering my spirit,
2: recovering and being able to come into the seat of dominion, that was quite a wild adventure. I'll start with the fact that the first thing my spirit saw was a false Sarah and... From previous shows, Sarah was the in the cult. Uh, she was I was married. I was married at 16 to her, and they brutally killed her. But anyway, there was a false Sarah. It wasn't really a part of her spirit, yeah. but a counterfeiter, along with a man with a cloak. And so I had to renounce any ties and connections there. And once we got past that hurdle, then we discovered that there was a generational priesthood, that I was part of a generational priesthood, tied into the God, the evil cosmic being, Horus. And so we we needed to deal with that. And along with that, we discovered that with Horus, there was generational covenants and ties and connections to three other gods, Anubis, Set, and Osiris. So we dealt with them in terms of breaking those covenants and ties, and and then we did that in general with all, all of the ancients and ancient ones that I may have been connected with generationally. So this thing, it, it took... Some real battling to get there, and no wonder my spirit couldn't get close because there was all these layers and layers of generational covenants with these high-level evil cosmic beings. So when my spirit got there, finally it, the the seat of dominion was was dirty. It was it was totally defiled, so it needed to be washed with the living water and cleansed, and and. The, the room that it was in needed to be cleansed. And when that finally happened and I was able to sit on that seat of dominion, my spirit discovered that there were all these buttons and levers and gauges on and around the seat of dominion that were there for my spirit to be able to use to operate in my spirit's realm. Now when you get it when you learn to drive a car you know there's a certain amount of things you need to learn you know the ignition and putting it from park into reverse or drive and the steering wheel it's if it's night you pull out the the light switch it's really not that complicated though when I learned to drive a bus I got my CDL there was a number of extra things you had to learn to do you know, like putting on those four-way flat, those uh, flashers when you're about to come to a bus stop, and and a, a number of other things related to, you know, a school bus. When you get to, for those who I know, I'm a good friend with a with a pilot. There's all these gauges and stuff. It was like that. It wasn't like a car. It was more like being in the cockpit of a of an airplane. And it was, it was exciting, but overwhelming. But the Lord kind of was just sharing, you know, this is, you know, this will be a learning curve. And I, I think it's, my spirit felt like, you know, a, a kid in a candy store, but also overwhelmed at the same time. And it's a process <laughs> of, of learning. But you know what, since that point, I have had, another person also see all these gadgets and buttons and levers on on their seat of dominion too everybody's is different you know it's unique some people one person's was very regal and in terms of its decor the decor was the emphasis of that for mine it was on all these technical things that i guess the Holy Spirit is having my spirit learn that probably much of my soul doesn't even know about yet but anyway that was my experience it was quite an adventure it was fascinating it wasn't easy it was a real battle but that brought my spirit up to a whole other level of, of, of authority and dominion just from that experience of being able to be located in the right place with the Lord Jesus Christ
1: Oh, man. <laughs> wow. You, you know, Rob, and I, I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, like, how deep do we really want to go in this program? Because you, you just brought up the, it's such a key point here, key point, that the seed of dominion connects your spirit to something you refer to as your spirit's realm. And th- this is something no one's talking about. I mean, Rob. Nobody is talking about this, and as far as I know, I was—I think I was the first one to even discover that uh, human could have a realm, <laughs> because I—I I essentially discovered mine, and then I said, "Well, maybe you have one too." And and oh my gosh, you know, I will just say this: I was—I I t- I attempted to ask my spirit the question, Daniel Spirit. And I shared in other programs about how, you know, the first time I talked to my spirit, I I was like, you know, are you even there? And this giant looming presence came over me, intimidated my socks off, and just started saying everything that God was saying to me that I was arguing with God about. My spirit fully identifies with what the Lord says about me and about my assignment and calling. And and I was just shocked at how disconnected I was. Here I am. Part of me is arguing with God. Part of me, my spirit fully identifies with it. Well, that guy... Um, which is me. You know, I, I try to engage now on purpose because I realize that my spirit is so connected with the Lord, I can really get a lot of uh, an understanding just by connecting through Him. And so I, I just kind of asked the question, like, uh, you know, what's your seat of dominion like? And the, the basic idea I got back was don't even worry about it, it's too complicated for me to explain. Only I need to understand this. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I, I will settle for that, sir. Um, <laughs> yeah,
2: my soul, my soul doesn't like that too much. I've got a very curious soul that wants wants those answers, but you know, sometimes the spirit says knows that soul's not ready or wouldn't just be able to really understand it. You know, it's kind of like a, a kindergartner. They're being taken into advanced calculus,
1: you know? Right, right. And and so, you know, the question is, what 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 is a realm? And how does that make any sense at all, Dan Duvall and, and Rob Ruckert? And, you know, I, I honestly haven't even worked out all my theology on this one, folks. And I, I don't know that Rob has either. We just know that it's true because it's there. And as a matter of fact, we'll even get into some practical application, how we've used our realms, because uh, one of the things that has lent itself to my my success with getting people set free is that I have been learning how to use this thing that God has actually given to me. And it's it's just, the fruit is undeniable. It's just undeniable. But one passage that seems to allude to the idea of this subject, although it's a different focus, is Jude 6. It says, the angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode. Well, uh, you know, there's a, there's a domain and then there's an abode. One of those is from the Greek word which actually refers to a spiritual body and the other one is an archy which actually refers to a realm and what you see there is that spirit beings particularly the angels that that fell in Genesis 6 that are being judged here they were given archies they were given realms they were given domains in the spirit well God said to Adam that you're going to have dominion Um, so what we're learning is that people will have archies as well. It's just that we, we're completely disconnected from them. And um, but the reality is that at least now uh, people are connecting to them. I'm connected to mine and Rob is certainly connected to his. And so the the realm actually <laughs> changes the way spiritual warfare is is done. Uh, once upon a time, I would just go through uh, long renunciations and try to battle this out and do that. And uh, now I, I'll just give a, a brief example. Um, and I know Rob, you've had similar experiences with this. But I, I was encountering uh, Aphrodite one day, and I, I, I spoke to the Principality in this way. I said, "It's in your best interest to just leave." Because if you have to deal with me, it's going to be very bad for you. And uh, she tried to talk back and talk about some, you know, rights that she had and this and that. And I I, I just gave her a countdown. I said, you have 10 seconds. And, um, you know, uh, most people would not try to talk to a principality with this kind of audacity. But um, realistically, what I've realized is that my realm is bigger than theirs. And so when I, she ran out of time, and she had her whole army there in the spirit behind her, uh, and the person that I was working with behind the army, they, so they had done this thing. She actually took the body. She was at Aphrodite took the body. Uh, she was portaled in. I, the person uh, was trying to get through a principality prayer. They couldn't get through it though, <laughs> because Principality knocked them out. And took the front. Well, um, it was a very quick battle. I simply said, I take my realm. And I put it on top of yours and your whole army and everything else. And um, I charged it with the names of God. All this language is going to sound very strange. Again, no one's talking about it. But essentially, this is what I did. And then I just commanded tsunamis of living water. Well, when I did that, tsunamis of living water actually came in and through my realm and absolutely washed out Aphrodite and her whole army, the whole thing. I mean, the whole realm was judged and, and, and busted up and just like washed out uh, the, the rights, the contract she was holding in her hand in the spirit. <laughs> she lost it in the flood. And uh, we took that from her. And um, then the person was back at the front and they were looking at me with dazed eyes, totally self-shocked. Like, how did you do that? I have never seen anything like it. A- another occasion, I was confronting an- another prince in the heavens. Uh, uh, what was his name? Um... <sighs> I forget his name. His name escapes me at the moment. I have dealt with so many now. It's like, oh, who, which one was that? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, as, maybe it was Asmodeus, I think. It was Asmodeus. And, and he had his whole planet. It was like a realm, like a, but it's like a planet in, this, in, in the uh, whatever, the second heaven somewhere. And, um, you know, so I, I moved in with my realm. And as I, I began to do that in the spirit He came to the front and didn't even try to argue with me or, you know, confused. He just cussed me out. He's like, F you, Danderville. And of course, like the person got knocked out. But what they could see in the spirit was that all of the lights on his whole realm were going out as he was cussing me out because we, we dominated the whole thing. And the armies of the Lord poured in through my realm and just absolutely crushed his stuff, uh, his laboratories, his libraries, his facilities, everything was just coming undone um, in, in, in response to the fact that I had moved in there with my realm. And, and so what, what could have taken me hours before to, to work through deliverance with someone and just barely scraping by with like, okay, we got the person free, uh, but everything that, that those heavenly powers had is intact. Uh, we're wrecking their whole realms and um, setting everyone free. That this is like button bondage, thund- hundreds and thousands of people at times being set free all at once, and and it's fast. Rob, and I, I know that you've had some experience with this too. <laughs>
2: once yeah. you got your own
1: back. Well, I'm thinking about
2: a person that I, that I'm that I've worked with, and this was my first after I recovered my realm my first experience with using it, and with this person she was given a realm but a counterfeit one there was a marriage agreement that the that part of the rulers portion of her spirit it would be married there was a marriage of gr- agreement to Venus, and was promised future ex- extension of the realm with the future marriage, and and so Venus. Well, I, I and then I said, well, okay, Lord, because that part, was, the her ruler was splitting the two, and, and that one part was brought into this counterfeit realm. The ruler didn't want to leave because it thought it was pretty good a beautiful underworld place. And I just said, Lord Jesus, can you help ruler to see it as it really is? Would you remove the veils? Would you uh, lift the curtain up and expose? And it turned really ugly. And Venus herself turned really ugly and vicious. And the ruler was then overwhelmed with fear and terror. And I have in, in my notes here that I, okay, I wasn't exactly sure what to do. You said overlay the, the realm on that person's. Well, I said, oh, my spirit was not quite sure. So I said, okay, my spirit just swallowed up that realm into my realm. <laughs> it just went like, like a vacuum cleaner. And all of a sudden, I have down here that the ruler was able to experience a great sense of peace. And then we were able to go through the steps of freedom from Venus, the queen of heaven, too. And we collapsed and destroyed that underwater realm. But after that, I felt like, uh, you know, remember when Jesus said, you know, the, the, the power was kind of sucked out of him when the, the woman touched the hem of his garment who wanted heal, healing. And she was, uh, she was so desperate. Well, it felt like that. It felt like I was just like, like everything <laughs> was just sucked out of me because I, because I put my realm and, and I just didn't just overlay it on top. I just absorbed the other uh, thing and it was stronger, but it took a toll on me. Now I know you know, okay. Well, I don't have to do that. I don't have to absorb all that evil, and and then have to go <laughs> <laughs> through the the exhaustion and the pain of, of working through that myself. You know, we we can just lay our spirit realm on top of that. And I like your, you know, of calling the the names of God, uh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Sham and declaring His nature over it and that, that will do the trick as well. But it is fun, uh, I, I learned from Daniel himself, to, to collapse and destroy these realms and to you know not just rescue the part of the person's spirit, but we want to destroy realms of darkness and we don't realize the power and authority we have with our realm, of course, there—it's not unlimited. I think, when Paul was saying, "Your sphere of authority, not don't go beyond that," you know that I think the Greek word was metron, and yes, I, I believe that relates to geographical authority, but I believe it also relates to the authority in the spirit, and there is a realm that we have. And some peoples are larger than others, but we are to be faithful with that measure of our realm to overcome the realms of darkness through the authority that has been delegated to us by Jesus Christ to our human spirits. And yes, it's been fun to be on that journey with you. And, <laughs> you know, again, my spirit is just still, I think we're we're in preschool still in terms of learning the kind of power and authority we do have even over principalities and and high level ranking spirits you know not that we're to be foolish in that area because it can be dangerous but if you but if you your spirit under the authority of Jesus Christ is obeying God's spirit then we shouldn't have any problem not being afraid to Enforce the the kingdom of darkness to uh, to to be destroyed and to leave and and all that from people that we work with.
1: Uh, Rob, we're we're like talking about spiritual warfare uh, beyond postgraduate work. I mean, this this is really the uh, point of no return. Where it's like, wow, uh, we are really moving to another plane. Uh, with this conversation and that's what I realized I, well, I was in conversation one day with God and I said you know like in your case Rob you've been on you were on a journey of healing for over 20 years and they said God we don't have 20 years for every person that needs to overcome mind control dissociation yet um, when you talk about what it takes to get a person set free you're talking about other realms other timelines other dimensions cosmic beings Fragmentation, memory stored in body cells, areas of the heart, areas of the brain. Uh, you you are talking about nanotech. You are talking about uh, battling psychotronic technologies. You're talking about genetic manipulation from before the womb, designer babies, test tube babies. Uh, the, the, the list goes on and on, and, and that doesn't even include the mosaics that they get, the composites, because they, they'll... I mean, this stuff. Very gets, overwhelming, huh? It, it's really overwhelming, Rob. And and you want to talk about, okay, God, can, can we speed it up? Like, how long is this supposed to take? And what God told me, Rob, after I got done winding through my partial list. Yeah, who, we we didn't even that, get to all the stuff you have to deal with. After that list, people are saying, like, who, who would want to do this? Work? Who wants to, to do complex. this? Work? Yeah. And... No wonder the pastors quit on us. Like, yeah. it's, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm like, okay, God, this is obviously assignment territory for me and Robin, you know, I, but I'm like, God, what, what, what's the speed up button here? What's the acceleration? God said the acceleration is going to come through the use of an application of realm. That's what he told me. So what we're talking about right now is the breakthrough that unlocks the supreme acceleration one day once it's fully understood. And Rob, we did something really interesting, um, and I've done this with other people as well. It's, 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 it's very fascinating that um, when you're dealing with a person's system, um, which, which is the internal world where all of their altars and parts of their soul live right. in bondage and captivity to the powers of darkness. Once a realm is back under the dominion of the spirit, it becomes possible to move all of the redeemable elements of the person's system and their altars to the spirit's realm to be under the jurisdiction of the human spirit where they can receive ongoing 24-hour ministry outside of the bondages of what was built into the person subconscious. <laughs> wow. But we've we've even done that, Ralph. I mean, <laughs> you know, so we have
2: with with us, with with some success. You know, we're still working on that, you know, in terms of the application of it, but it's uh, it's something we're experimenting with because, boy, wouldn't that really accelerate things that with everything you have to go through with the systems and the programming and and the internal conflicts, you know, if if we can get it into that realm uh, where the spirit is, that's going to be able to Just move things along so much faster and quicker and easier. (laughs) I'm I'm excited. You know, but I'm again in sharing this. This is you know for both of us, and and I. This is a huge learn. We're we're just we're just starting to understand and experiment with this stuff. So it's not like we can teach a whole. (laughs) No. Yeah, you know, a, a whole class or, or training session. I, we're, we're this is in the whole experimental stage, and but I believe it is going to be the key to acceleration. I, I I truly believe that, based on the the little that we've experienced already, and from that little, all the you know the what do I want to say the, the the great amount of fruit from just the little we've done so that's that's an encouraging thing it is Rob <laughs> this is a, I I don't have a whole lot more to say about it because it, it's just so new but I am I am really stoked I'm, I'm really pumped and excited about what God is going to show us we you know I, I think we're we're stumbling onto something that's that's going to be huge in the the work with with survivors
1: well, folks, you know, as we're talking, Rob's really saying it 100% correct what he's saying. is that we are right now having a conversation in front of you about things we don't fully understand, yet the Lord is walking us into. In other words, this is what you call uh, a little introduction to the front line. I don't have a full explanation or a theological treatise on realms and how they're used and what they are and how they function and everything else like that. And neither does Rob, because we're learning. Um, We are literally learning. We're we're getting revelation from the Holy Spirit on how it works, how to use it. Why? Because God is interested in getting people set free. Um, Are we trying to confuse you with all kinds of wacky theology? Unfortunately, most of the wacky theology... um, does this one thing it has no fruit uh, this what we're talking about is already bearing fruit a, a lot of it a lot of it uh, and we, we're just trying to understand yeah <laughs> why is it bearing so much fruit um but the, but is it is it is undeniable that this thing is opening up and there will be a lot more conversation on this in the future i I haven't cracked it open yet Rob because honestly I didn't want to be there by myself trying to <laughs> do this thing solo I'm dragging you down with me bro <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. We'll so, go down together. Yeah,
1: that's right. We're, you know, we're gonna sink this ship together. But with that said, you know, Rob, um, I think we've given these people enough to think about for one week. So, folks, we are uh, going to end this program on this note. Listen, God isn't done yet, and let me tell you, what is on the horizon for the body of Christ. Would not be believed Were it told you Folks you've been listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall Until next time God bless And Godspeed
0: Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall Is the premier radio program Designed to center you on the kingdom of God To equip you with faith In Jesus Christ And to unveil the truth Behind the lies This program has been a production of Bride Ministries. You can find us at www.bridemovement.com At our website, you can contact us, access resources, and support us with donations. We need partners in order to continue to produce our vision which is to promote unity in the body of Christ worldwide and assist in the creation and development of sheep nations. Partner with us and be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Until next time, God bless and Godspeed.